Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. While you're standing, I want to direct your attention to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 14. And then we're going to spill over into chapter 6 down through verse 3. 2 Corinthians 5, 14. For the love of Christ constraineth us. Because we thus judge that if one died for all, for who? For who? He died for all. Then all, then we're all dead. He died for all, so that means all of us were dead in our sin and trespasses. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. How many know it's not the flesh that does a lot of stuff? It's not the flesh, the importance of who you are, what your flesh is. It's about who you are in Christ. Therefore, if the flesh doesn't do a whole lot, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us, notice this, the ministry of reconciliation. We've been reconciled to God, then he gives to us the ministry of that same kind of responsibility. Verse 19, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. We've been given the ministry of reconciliation and the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. We are ambassadors. Somebody say, I'm an ambassador. We are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be you reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no, knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted. And in the day of salvation have I succored thee or helped thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Then we wind up with this important verse, giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. 
giving no offense. I want to talk to you today about ambassadors of reconciliation. Ambassadors of reconciliation. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this chance to be in your presence. We thank you, Lord, for your people that have gathered. Oh, Lord, how, how rich and real it is and great it is to be back in your house. Lord, to be able to worship with our brothers and sisters on Tuesday night, do Bible study. Lord, we thank you, Father, for this opportunity. I appreciate, Lord Jesus, that you are moving among us, Lord. And in these last days, would you, would you, would you save souls? Would you use us, God, that people will be saved and transformed? In these last days, God, I pray, Lord, for your victory to be in operation. Let everybody say amen. amen. Before you're seated, I want you to look up. Look straight up for your redemption draweth nigh. You can be seated. Praise God. After World War, after the Second World War, after World War II, the United Nations was brought into existence with the said purpose of promoting peace. Since its inception in 1945, there has not been one single day of global peace on the earth. That's really not a good track record, is it? The goal of the United Nations is to have succeeding generations that are free from the scourge of war. But they've proven that that idea for them is a pipe dream. The world has been continually filled with one upheaval after another. The thing of it is, most of the upheavals beyond us uh, are in other parts of the world, and now it has come and visited our very nation, and it is indeed disturbing and shocking. It proves the point that mankind on their own is seemingly incapable of producing lasting peace. Relationships between people of different cultures, different races, different families, different ethnicity is fragile at its best. Just look at the news. Look at the violence that's filled our land, the hate, the bitterness. It seems to be a common thread day after day and escalates in this present time. Racism and rioting is being discussed more than ever before. But my question is, to what change? Can I tell you, riots will come and go. The discussion of racism will come and go. But the important thing is, what will change? Unrest, violence, rage, agony, turmoil. Play like a bad uh, 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 garage band that can't play on beat and, and their guitars are out of tune. And, and, and they're playing a song, but it's a song that makes no sense. In our day, more people have been identified with mental disorders than ever before. Emotional illness than ever before. Families are, are disintegrating. In our very eyes, we are finding that people participate in all kinds of marches and sit-ins and rallies and protests and demonstrations. To what end? I ask you, to what end? Raise awareness. That's great. Peaceful protest, raise awareness. That's great. But I want to say at the, at the heart of the matter is that every person has to confront the issue of whether they have peace and reconciliation with God in their heart. The world that we live in 
is projecting man's inner turmoil and chaos. Society is desperately wanting today for peace and reconciliation. So where do we turn? Government? They've not done very well, have they? We ha where do we turn? Where do we turn? Do we turn to the, the violence and the war and embrace the anger and the hate? Do we have another conference? Do we have another group rise up that is about social uh, uh, justice or is about uh, uh, racist rights and things of that nature? Is that where we're going to go? What is going to be the answer? I want to tell you, until we visit the root problem of all that is going on in our world today, until we visit the root problem, what is what is the root problem of a cop that kills an unarmed man? What is what is it that it's about a society that says, I will live however I want to, whatever I am, whoever I am, I don't care what the law says. I'll commit unspeakable acts of violence. What is the answer to the looters destroying people and property through the acts of base thuggery? What is the answer to this world and its dilemma? I know you've heard it before, but permit me to do it again. Man's attempt to reconcile himself back to righteousness can never meet its goal without an encounter with God. Without an encounter with God, racism continues. Riots continue. Continue. Anger escalates and boils over. People don't know what they're going to do or where they're going to turn. At the bottom of it, at the foundation, is that sin has put a breach between man and God. Sin come in. The psalmist said, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Sin causes man to live disconnected, estranged, and alienated from God. These are people that don't know who they are, and so they're acting out in a way trying to find who they are. Amen. We cannot dare sit by, bury our head in the sand and say there is no issue here. We're in Medora. It doesn't touch us. The fact of the matter, yes it does. We have a biblical mandate to say I have a responsibility to do something. The question is what do I do? I want to talk to you about God's plan for peace and reconciliation. Jesus is the ultimate peacemaker. The Bible proclaimed him to be known as the Prince of Peace. The crowning moment where peace was made was not at all at a conference table. It was not at a news conference. It wasn't at some kind of gathering of people who organized. But it was at a bloody, rugged cross. That is where the battle for peace was fought. And we find that peace was won by Jesus Christ. Why? He made a way for sin. Amen. And sinners like you and me to be once again reconciled to Christ. We were aliens. We were, we were foreigners away from him. But oh, do you remember, dear one, the night you repented of your sins and you felt the glory of God wash your soul? Do you remember that evening when God filled you with his presence and his spirit and all of a sudden you felt clean? You felt whole? Amen. What was happening was reconciliation. That's what reconciliation looks like. It looks like clean. It looks like clean. It looks like clean. <clears throat> Colossians 1 verse 19 For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell 
and having made peace, Jesus made peace through the blood of his cross to him to reconcile or by him to reconcile all things unto himself to reconcile all things that covers every white man every black man every brown man every every country man every city man it covers every individual that he called to reconcile all things back to himself amen by him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven and you you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Why, I am now back in harmony by the cross and by his blood and by his redemptive power because I have repented of my sins, because I've been buried in his name, because he has filled me with his spirit I now am reconciled with God I don't have to be angry I don't have to be hurt and wounded I'm now back in harmony with God Ephesians 2 and 14 says for he is our peace somebody say he's my peace for he is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us amen having abolished in his flesh the enmity even the law of commandments contained in ordinance for to make in himself of twain one new man so making peace that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross having slain the enmity thereby and came and preached peace to you who which are far off and to them which are nigh what does he do he says all the Jews I made a way for you to be reconciled all the Gentiles I made a way for you to be reconciled those that are part of the Hebrews and those that are not I made a way for you to be reconciled to God Verse 18, for through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now, now, somebody say now. Now, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God. One of my favorite pictures of Bishop Walls in his missionary trips is the one he is standing in a sea of, of black orphan children. A man is standing his shoulders, head and shoulders taller than them. But oh, what a beautiful sight. Is it does not matter, dear one, what is the color of the skin, but it matters have you been redeemed? Have you been reconciled? reconciled to God it matters not amen what a person's past is how about you amen I want to tell you for me I've got a checkered past how about you you got a checkered past did he wash you clean did you do some things you will you regret do you have you lived in some ways that only the blood can make it back only the blood can reconcile you only Christ could reconcile you I submit to you today that what you're seeing on your news and watching on your live streams and what you're seeing on social media, the only answer, my friend, at the root of it is the blood of Jesus. At the cross, we become one. At the cross, we become one reconciled to the Lord. Isaiah prophesied about this condition when he said in Isaiah 53, 
and verse 4 surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows yet we did esteem him stricken smitten of God and afflicted but he was wounded <laughs> for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities get this the chastisement the antagonizing the attack of my peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed redemption and salvation is not an appeasement of sin it is not just simply wiping and you go on about your way but rather is confronting what is causing the ills of a broken relationship what caused that separation is now rejoined by the reconciliation of redemption and the work of Jesus Christ I'm in harmony with God today not because I'm a preacher I'm in harmony with God today, not because of my heritage. I'm in harmony today with God, not because of who my dad was or my mom was. I'm in harmony today because I'm in the, the care of the Lord Jesus Christ. I've taken on his name. I've carried his name. It is his grace I will not forget. I don't want to frustrate the grace of God. I don't want to lay it aside and say it's my good works. Nobody ever won their way to salvation but rather they were won by God. They were saved by God. So Paul says in our text, thinking of reconciliation, I hope I've painted a picture of the understanding and purpose of reconciliation. Somebody say amen. amen. For the love of Christ constrains us sets us in our right position focuses us because we thus judge if one died for all then all were dead without Christ I'm just as dead as the next person who's lost but I want to jump down to verse 18 in our text 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 18 and all things are of God who hath reconciled to us, hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given, it's a gift, the ministry of reconciliation. We have been reconciled, and he's given to us the ministry of reconciliation. I want to talk to you very clearly. You are the answer to racism. You are the answer to angry, hate, and bigotry. You are the answer. You carry within you the DNA, a gift by God, not because of where you raised and how you were raised. I was raised in the South. I was raised in the bedrock of racism. I understand it. I've seen it head, head, head to head to head. I've watched it. Uh, amen. It's not because of where I was born, but it is because I have been born again. You carry the DNA to love people who are different than you, to care for people who are different than you. You carry the DNA of heaven so that you can say, my heavenly father's nature is in me. And because my heavenly father's nature in me is that I can love everybody, saved or lost. Amen. Born again or not born again. Because if I love them enough and I can preach to them the gospel of reconciliation, I can see them too be reconciled to God. We have both the ministry of reconciliation. And then he said, 
he has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. We have the ministry and the message of reconciliation. And then he says, now we are ambassadors for Christ. We are ambassadors of reconciliation. It is interesting that the word reconciliation means, literally means exchanging and then profiting from that exchange. It means making a good money exchange. Invest in a dime and get in a thousand. That's a good exchange. Amen. Reconciliation is the change needed to go from a bad state to a good state. To go from broken to healed. To go from anger to peace. To go from one situation to another. That's what this Greek word means. In classical Greek, it was used to express changing shape or color or appearance by God's mercy and grace I have been made new I have been made new we're now new creatures in Christ Mr. Woost replies that this simple verb means to reconcile those that are at variance with God those that were at variance those that were uh, hostile to God has now been uh, uh, brought back for it was the love of Christ that constrains us for Christ died for all he gave his life for all he gave his life for Mr. Floyd don't know his where he's headed amen that's not for me to judge but he also gave his life for the white officer that killed him don't know where he is I pray that he finds God he gave his life for the store owner who watched his life work go up and smoke and the rioter that threw the firebomb he's the one that gave his life for all you see it's not his will that any should perish but that all should come to repentance reconciliation means change so does repentance when we consider the ministry of reconciliation God was in Christ reconcile the work or reconcile the world unto himself that means the work of Christ the spotless lamb provided a path for all broken relationships to be redeemed and restored and reconciled to God Salvation is heaven's love story where God plans to restore us and reconnect us to his presence and ultimately to his peace. Even though humanity has been disconnected from God, God did not give up on us. My Bible reading today was, I almost wanted to preach from that, I'll preach from it again, is read Nehemiah chapter 9. It's a rehearsal of Israel's past. How that they'd have a good king and then, then they'd have a bad king. Then they'd have a good king and they'd have a bad king. But Nehemiah rehearses this and says, but the loving mercy of God never gave up on us. I want to tell you the reason that America still exists today with all its sodomy and all of its sin and all of its putrid perversion. The reason it does is because there's a God that says there are more that needs to be saved. There are more. The reason we have not been raptured out yet. Amen. It's because there's more to be saved. There's more to be saved there's more to be saved when it says the ministry of reconciliation it means the role or service 
the responsibility. Ministry is our responsibility. The word of reconciliation is the message that we preach that is our responsibility. If you do anything in this period of time and you don't know what to post on your Facebook page, you don't know what to say, go find scriptures and just post the word. Post the word. Post the word about the love of God. Post the word about a God being a savior. Post the word about God is a, is a God of truth. Praise God. It was interesting today as Sister Gill and I voted in the primary. The lady there that my wife knew from way back asked her a question. She said these words. Is this the last days? I want that to sink in. Is this the last days? Can I tell you, people who don't know the Lord, that is what they're thinking. Is this the last days? Is this the last days? And what they don't need is an angry so-called church person spewing out their hate and their anger and their volatility because... That's not going to change one thing. But what they need is somebody to step into their ambassador role of reconciliation and say, I have a word for you. Amen. It's not about my past. It's not about who, who I I may not understand everything about you. But other than this, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. Can I say one more thing? Don't do something just to make you feel good. Don't do something just to make... Y'all need to hear this. Don't do something just to make you feel good. And in a little bit, I'm going to tell you some things you can do right here in good old Medora, Indiana. Uh, praise be to God. I don't know about you. I love living in this town. I love living in this community. Love southern Indiana right now. Praise God. The word ambassador is a term derived ultimately from a Latin word meaning servant or minister. If you're taking notes, write that down. I am a servant or a minister, an ambassador of reconciliation. I did some research on what the role of ambassador is. Some of these come directly from our government website and other these are from different sources. But... One thing that an ambassador is supposed to do is speaking with one voice to others their nation's policy and ensuring mission staff to do likewise. So an ambassador has a responsibility to speak with one voice their nation's policy. It's not the ambassador's opinion that they can spout. They can't say, well, this is what I think. Dear ones, we in this particular crisis need to find out what the Word says and say, that's all I can say right now is what the Word says. What the books, what my nation, I'm a part of a holy nation today. I'm a part of another kingdom within this world's makeup. And it is up to me as an ambassador to make sure that my first response is, what does my Father say? 
An ambassador doesn't give their personal opinion on official matters. They speak for the nation and the government. I want to tell you, I'm going to make this very clear. In your home, among your family, I hope you're discussing this. I hope that you're talking this to your children. I hope you're talking about it to your grandchildren. Tell them your story. Talk to them about it. Amen. And express your opinion. But when you're dealing with it, when you're dealing with it one-on-one, -on -one, express the opinion of your nation. Express the opinion of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That ought to be our official position. God is able to help everybody. God is able to reconcile all things all people all things all people the message of reconciliation is not for private interpretation whosoever is lost can be saved whoever is broken can be found amen I want to tell you today as an ambassador I have a responsibility to serve with professional excellence this was another quote professional excellence the high standards of ethical conduct and diplomatic discretion I don't speak my mind just greatly i gotta have some ethical conduct and diplomatic discretion how do we report then back to earth one of the things that an ambassador to do is to send back a report here's what's happening in my in this world we're living i'm an ambassador over here in this visible physical world known as earth amen i live in a place known as america and it's my obligation to report back to my king what the ambassador sees you see, I'm not coming back to just wind you, Lord, but I want to tell you, God, I know that you know, but it's my job to remind you about the upheaval that is around. That's what prayer does. Ambassadors are to have the capacity of calm, poise, and efficiency in stressful situations. When you got the peace of God, that's what you can do. Ambassadors must be willing to work and communicate effectively and harmoniously with people that are of other cultures, value systems, political beliefs, economic circumstance to reconcile, to recognize and respect differences in new and different cultural environments. Let me just tell you, you will come in contact. If you have not, you will come in contact with a lot of folks that are offended, that are wounded, that are hurt. And this outlash is nothing more than a problem that's deep or embedded in their life it's called offense and wound and bitterness and their outlash is really just responding to this bitterness on the inside how do you pray oh god would you heal the bitterness oh god will you speak to the pain lord will you speak to the i'm not condoning what they do hey that's a sin as much as anything but what i'm trying to tell you is that you got to look past the the symptom and see the diagnosis you got to look past the external problem and see the deeper issue and God can only go to the deeper issue God can only go to the core issue one of the cornerstone of an ambassador is to labor for peace where they are to labor for peace Jesus put it like this Matthew 5 and 9 blessed are the peacemakers makers it doesn't say peacekeeper it says peacemaker let that sink in blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of god that means they're acting like their father there's a vast difference between a peacekeeper and a peacemaker a peacekeeper is focusing on making things easier 
A peacemaker is focusing on thing, making things right in the sight of God. The ultimate goal is not to stop the mess, but rather reconciliation. The ultimate goal is not an end, amen, of certain things, but rather it is reconciliation to God. There can never be reconciliation between man and man without first them both being reconciled with God. So really a peacemaker is a fighter in many regards. Fighting to make peace so that man will be in harmony with God. The motivation of peacemaking is simply that, reconciliation. Reconciliation. Amen. We find that peacemakers are not content to leave things as they are. Does this all this stuff bother anybody? Does it make you upset or do you just fold your hands and say it's not here? Does, if it bothers you, chances are that's your, your innate feeling as a child of God that I want to make a difference. I want to be a difference maker. Okay? E. Hastings said this about peacemakers. He is no peacemaker who has no iron in his blood, no hot word of indignation at fitting times on his tongue, who is not ready when occasion calls to be a follower of him who could flash forth, woe unto you scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites, and who spoke with a correctedness of the wrong combination of work and worship, devouring widows' houses and making long prayers. Amen. That comes from Mr. Hastings in his speaker's Bible. What are you saying, Mr. Hastings, is that sometimes it takes toughness spiritual tenacity to go to the Lord and intercede in this environment to pray to seek God and to care peace is not the absence of conflict but rather a restore a restoration of a relationship with the Lord what is the motive of a peacemaker reconciliation reconciliation so, pastor, that's good preaching. What can we do? I want to give you some things that you can do. Just a handful of things that you and I can do. And I don't want you to just simply overlook them. I want us to take some time and consider them. What's the first thing we can do as ambassadors? Go to prayer about this matter. Go to prayer. Don't just say, well, I'm praying as a token greeting but go to prayer about it it is our responsibility to identify and report to our king political unrest economic problems issues but prayer here's why we pray because prayer gives God access to move in the affairs of the world prayer is what gives God access to move in the affairs of the world. Look at Matthew 16 and 19. I talked about this recently, but let me revisit with you. The Lord told Peter, and I will give unto thee the keys. Somebody say the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Not just a key, but multiple keys. 
And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And we've seen that be misconstrued as some kind of prosperity doctrine. But as we mentioned the other day, there is a difference in the verb between the loosed or the binding on earth and being bound in heaven and the loosing on earth and loosed in heaven. Both the binding in heaven and the loosing in earth have to do with something that has already taken place in the past. So what is the Lord saying? If you'll agree with me what I have already stated, you see there's a couple reasons for prayer. One, we pray to get to know the will of God. You can't pray the will of God until you know the will of God. And so you pray to get to know God and his will. And then you can begin to pray the will of God. So then I can say as a legal ambassador, I have the authority in earth to represent my king that is in heaven and I can bind on earth what he has already bound in heaven. Lord, it's not your will that any should perish. So I'm praying for everlasting soul. Oh Lord, I'm praying for everlasting soul. I'm praying for the renegade and the rioters. I'm praying, oh God, for those, Lord, that don't know you. I pray, God, for revival. I pray, God, for restoration. Amen. I believe it's important. Get off the, the get out of the spectator seat and get into the prayer closet. Get out of just simply standing on the sidelines and saying, oh, I'd like to do something, but I don't know what to do. Well, I'm going to tell you what you can do is that you can take your authority as a child of God, as a reconciled child of God, go into your war room of prayer and begin to pray. Pray, pray, pray. Why? Because prayer will bring a different outcome. Every time God wants to move in the realm of earth, he's always involved a person. Read it in scripture. Before there could be a flood, there had to be a Noah. Before there could be a deliverance from Egypt, there had to be a Moses. He used a Daniel to bring Israel back from captivity. He used an Esther to preserve the heritage of the Hebrews. God uses people. So what do we pray for? Let me give you a few things you can pray for. Pray for that God would move in these. Pray for our law enforcement. There is a heavy weight upon these men and the vast majority of these men and women are simply good people trying to do a tough job in a world. You ought to pray for them. Pray for our county sheriff. Pray for our local uh, authorities. Pray for our state police. Pray for those that work in the FBI. Pray for those on every front. Call the names of those that you know and say, oh God, help them. Help them in this particular area. But ultimately your prayer is not just simply for their safety, but their reconciliation to God. Why? Because that's what you're an ambassador over. Pray for the protesters. There are some who are peacefully trying to demonstrate. Amen. You may agree with them or not agree with them. Pray for them. Pray for them. I'll go one step farther. Pray for the rascals that are rioting. Pray for the thugs that are rioting. That God would get a hold of their heart. That God will break them down. I've seen him convert those that are the roughest and the toughest and the meanest to become people of God. I've watched it. I know some of you have got a rough past, but aren't you thankful for the reconciliation of God let's pray for our country let's pray for our nation let's pray for our president let's pray for our governor 
Let's pray for our local officials. Let's pray for the peace and a revival of reconciliation. Again, prayer as an ambassador of reconciliation is your legal right to allow God to have access to do the work. Amen. That's number one. I'm calling this. I know I posted this recently on our video on our Facebook page, but I'm calling us to prayer. I'm calling us to personal prayer. I'm calling us today. If we want to make a difference, let's pray with authority. That's the first thing. What's another thing we can do? Love like Jesus where you live. I want to change the world. Y'all, this isn't New York City. Thank God. This is good old Medora. We don't have a lot of the issues that a lot of people are dealing with. But we don't need to fold our arms. We need to look at things and say, okay, how can I love like Jesus? How can I love like Jesus? Some back last fall, I think it was, or sometime recently, maybe it's been a few months back, my wife had gotten me a gift to go see a gospel group, and uh, one of my favorites. So we went to, to this concert, and we were, were a handful of white people and a full concert hall of black folks. We've been privileged to work with, with uh, different ethnicities in our ministry and uh, grown to appreciate them for who they are and what they represent. There was one particular lady that took a liking to us and talked to us. And she was telling her story incessantly. It was not a good story, but it was a story. And Sister Gill and I, we just put on our ministry uh, mentality and listened to her and ask her questions, draw, drew her out, talked to her for I don't know how long while we were waiting in line. And as we went to our seat, another couple stopped us and said, just want to thank you for being kind. I just want to thank you for being kind. Don't think for one moment that your kindness is overlooked, that your politeness is overlooked. Amen. It's not necessarily about going into special treatment, but treating people with kindness. Treating people with kindness. Love like Jesus where you live. Find ways to be kind where you are to no matter who, no matter what the color of their skin. Find ways to be consistent and love like Jesus love. Look at Romans chapter 12 and verse 9. This is how you love like Jesus loved. Love. Amen. Let love be without dissimulation. Let it be without hypocrisy. Love abhor that which is evil cleave to that which is good be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another not slothful in business fervent in spirit that's how you love serving the Lord rejoicing in hope patient in tribulation continuing instant in prayer distributing to the necessity of saints given to hospitality bless them have we heard this in a while maybe we ought to read it every service bless them which persecute you bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Somebody say, this is how Jesus loves. 
recompense to no man evil for evil, provide things honest in the sight of, of all men if it be possible. I want to cause you to pause here because there's a such thing as protecting yourself and protecting your family. You understand what I mean. Amen. But as much as lies within you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Don't let anger. There is, there is a spirit of fear because the spirit I wish I could tell you what I'm feeling. Amen. There is a spirit of fear that has been living in the coronavirus crisis. It has been operating and weaving through society, looking for willing participants that'll wait and that'll take it in. And it has taken it in. And some of the people that are now out lashing, that are lashing out with outrage is because they welcome the fear in. It has nothing to do with racism, but rather the spirit of fear and anger that gets a hold of their heart. Amen. How do we return that? We're going to return that by loving like Jesus love. So what can we do? Pray, love like Jesus, and the third thing is share the message of reconciliation. How beautiful, the writer says in Romans 10 and 15, are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good, th good things. The reason we tend to shy away from soul winning and preaching the message is because we're a little afraid. It's time that we get consumed with heaven's mandate as ambassadors to love to win, to reach. Tell it to anyone, anytime the opportunity comes. Talk about it. Share your testimony to anyone. The barber, he's open now, I understand. I need to go visit him. The bank teller, got time. Somewhere across from you, hear me today. Somewhere across from you in the next few days is going to be somebody that says in their heart, whether they say it to you or not, is this the last days? You have hope. They probably don't. I want to go to heaven. How about you? Anybody want to go to heaven? But I want to take everybody with me. I want to be grabbing folks left and right. I want to take everybody that I can. Because there is a gospel message that changes us. Stand with me, please. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 16, let me read a few more verses. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. For if I do this willingly, I have a reward. Look at that. If I do this willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed to me, that means I am then still responsible. Then if you jump down to verse 19, he says, For though I be free from all men, 
Yet I have made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. Unto the Jews I became a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without the law, as without the law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I may gain, that I might gain them that are without the law. What is he saying? I studied people that I was trying to win. I learned about them. I learned about When I was pastoring, Sister Gill and I were pastoring in Tennessee, our first pastor, many of you went down to the church there in Iron, Iron Hill. I am not an avid fisherman. I like Brother Matt to catch. I don't like to fish. I enjoy boating, but I don't want to spend all day soaking a worm. That's just not my otter nature. I got some things I want to go do. But I realized that if I was going to learn some of those men there, I was going to have to go to fishing with them. Why? I wanted to win them. I wanted to, I wanted to reach out and learn. Amen. What are you doing that's outside of your comfort zone to learn your neighbor who's not just like you? That's what Paul is saying. I'm willing to study the Jew. I know that. I'll follow that. But also the Greek, I'm going to follow that. Why? Because there's a gospel upon me. There's a gospel upon me. So what can we do? Let's pray. Let's love. And then let's go. But may I conclude with one key warning from 2 Corinthians 6, 1 in our closing verse today. We then as workers together with him beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. Don't waste your victory, your salvation, the grace of God. Share it. Verse 2, for he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. I want to submit to you today here at this very moment. There's somebody in your work right now that is hungry for the, the truth of salvation. There's somebody in your neighborhood right now that is hungry for the truth of the gospel. There's somebody that you're friends with and connected to on Facebook that is hungry for the truth of the message. But here's the, the last scripture, the key and that's verse 3, giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. If you're going to do this, if you're going to pray, love like Jesus, and share the message, you got to realize it's going to have to be a little thick skin. I can't get offended at every little thing that comes my way because somebody says something back to me. Just keep on sowing. Keep on reaching. Keep on loving anyway. Amen. Let the love of God be upon you. Oh, right now, MPC, let's pray. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. 
If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com. Bye.